This is so fun. I, I haven't said hi to everybody that I know. Hi, Charlene. Hi, Kristen. This is so cool to see. Hello, Mandy. To see so many of you again. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect, how, who I would know. So um, what a delight. You know, it was fun. We were driving up here, and it just suddenly dawned on us that it was 14 years ago that we packed up that U-Haul from Birmingham, Alabama, and we'd just gotten married the week before and made our way up to Cape Girardeau. And I was in love immediately. I, we came up on campus, and the yellow trees were all just bright in their perfect glory. And I said, I could live here forever. Um, boo, you guys are winning. I, somehow I had to leave. But um, no, so it really is so fun to be back here. Thank you for having me come. I am passionate about what we're going to talk about today, so I'm thrilled to, um, to chat about abiding in God's Word. And so one of my homeschool goals, like any of you that homeschool probably, is that your kids love good stories, right? We're just always pushing great books on them, trying to get them in literature, and thankfully my older three girls do. They love books. They're constantly sneaking flashlights under the covers, right? Um, and I'm not sure whether to get on to them about that or not, but you know, different than me, I am always looking for my next good read. I just want to read something new, but kids, they'll listen to the same audiobook like 20 times, right, until it's memorized. Or um, one of my daughters is really into this dragon series right now, and she has just read it through multiple times. And they talk about it, and they loan it out to their friends, and they hound their friends to get those books back because they are so precious to them. Uh, good books are contagious, aren't they? Um, and they're all encompassing for your life. So I lead our children's ministry, and every Sunday as the kids are coming into our children's worship, I'll ask them a question to kind of promote their thinking. And a few weeks ago, I said, what's your favorite book and why? And I got some of the older kids that gave me some honest answers, you know, the dragon books or whatever they're into. Um, but of course, I also got a handful of kindergartners who dutifully raised their hands and gave me that good Christian answer, the Bible. I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that, but, you know, Winnie the Pooh, Dr. Doolittle, like, those, those don't trump. You don't have a Paw Patrol book that your mom already read to you two times today, you know. Um, but I wonder if that's maybe many adults' experience, too. You know, we think, I should probably say the Bible's my favorite book. That probably should be my answer. But in reality, for some of us, it feels complex. It feels boring, it feels redundant, um, or a book of rules perhaps. And so maybe, maybe functionally, we find ourselves looking for truth and direction really from our favorite sources on the IG rather than from the Word of God. Um, so I'm here today uh, hoping to convince us that the Bible holds the words of life. I met a gal last week, and our kids were playing at the park, and so I just asked her, I like to, you know, as I'm getting to know somebody, ask them about their spiritual background, do you go to church, any of that, and as we were talking, she um, would say that she believes in Christ for salvation, and she goes to church every Sunday, 
But as we started talking about the Bible, you know, that's just buried in a pile somewhere. She's got a two-year-old and a four-month-old. And week after week, you know, here year after year, her Bible's just remained untouched. Um, But I hope to convince us that in the Bible, the way of life is unfurled for the woman who will read the Bible and apply it to her life. So why don't we open up God's word and let's read Psalm 119, 1 through 16 together. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one who rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Let me pray for us. Lord, how sweet that you have given us your very words to show us who you are and to show us the path of life. Oh, Lord, open our hearts that we might be convinced again or for the first time um, that the Bible is worthy of our attention. In your precious son's name, amen. Uh, So if we'll hop back to that other slide. Hello, Audrey. Um, I love her. Uh, Right out of the gates, this verse starts with this word, blessed, which in the Bible, that means truly happy. So this this psalm is telling us, truly happy is the person who walks according to God's word. And isn't happiness a core pursuit for just about everybody who has ever lived? Um, I'm about to begin a show in a couple weeks about Judy Garland, and it's just a musical tribute to her. And so I've been studying her life, and it's honestly been a sad a sad study, as you see, she, stro- she strived after this, this life of happiness that she so effortlessly portrayed in her movies, but it felt rather elusive to her. In fact, she said, I just want what everybody wants. I just seem to have a harder time getting it. But I don't think it was just Judy. I think um, happiness does feel elusive, and depression and anxiety are common terms among women today, and it's only increasing in, these, in the Gen Zers that are coming up. And the cultural message is one of self-medication, right? Um, whether that's alcohol, food, relationships, or girls' trips, holidays, whatever, just, just somehow bolster ourselves from emotional high to emotional high is the way to get through life. Um, but could it be that the Bible really holds the path to a happy life? That's what it's claiming here. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. 
Um, that blessedness, that happiness is found in conforming our lives to God's word. And we tend to think of laws and statutes as kind of the restrictive laws and statutes that the government might, government might put on us, you know, wear your seatbelt, don't walk on the grass, right? And there are certainly those in the Bible, don't murder, don't lie. But in general, when we're talking about laws and statutes and commandments, we're talking about this whole revelation of God's word that we find in the whole Bible. So the author of um, this psalm makes some pretty big statements all throughout this chapter that can sound like major hyperbole, but it indicates that God's word is really worthy of our attention. He says um, later on in the passage that God's word is eternal, stands forever. It preserves our life, and it's worth more than thousands of pieces of gold. There's even more amazing claims all throughout the Bible of what it says about itself. Um, flip on through to 2 Timothy 3.16. It says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 2 Peter 1.20-21 says, Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Bible's making these extreme claims about what this book actually is, that it is written by God through the Holy Spirit, giving the words to men to put down. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is, capital T, truth. So where do we look for truth in this world? The Bible's saying, hi, here, I'm right here, I am truth. And Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So either the Bible is all of this, and it's worthy of our utmost attention, or it's actually a book of lies to be discarded. But if it's truly the words of the creator of all things who wants to guide us, wants to guide his people in living a happy, blessed life, then as verse 4 says in Psalm 119, there's nothing less for us to fully obey his commands. So in 2006, maybe some of you remember this story, in South Padre, Texas, some developers set out to create this 31-story luxury condominium right down on the water. Um, it's going to have a spa. It was just going to be the height of luxury there. And they called it like the Texas Gulf Coast most, um, most luxurious location. But two years into building the structure, they found that it was rapidly sinking. And connected to the parking garage, you know, the building was sinking a good two feet. Um, so, after millions of dollars, 67 million, I think is what they said, had been spent on, on creating this structure and investing in it, they had to make the hard decision to demolish what they had begun. There was no way to recover. The expansive soil underneath the structure was a poor choice for a foundation. And so in great embarrassment and at great cost, they had to call in the explosive company and tumble down the walls. 
Well, we live in Northwest Florida, and I mean marshy land, and talk about sand, talk about flood zones, these are all vital considerations when we're looking for property or talking about building or buying houses. So in Matthew 7, 24 through 28, Jesus actually uses the same building analogy to juxtapose the wise person who builds their life on the solid, rocky foundation of God's words, or the foolish person who disregards his words and builds on the shifting sands of the day. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall about it. When the storms of life come, one remains and one falls like the South Padre Island Tower. What about our lives? Have I built my life on the foundation of the unchanging word of God? Am I obeying what it says, or am I obeying the shifting sands of cultural truth, of influencers, who maybe are my very same age, right? Or younger than me. The influencers these days are there. Um, they speak a language I don't know. Um, so in verses 5 to 6, it says, Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I think those in the room that have older kids um, probably can look back and say, it really did all matter. Every single day really did matter. And while I was in it, it felt like it's just another day of, what are we going to do? I guess go to Target. I don't know. And, and changing the diapers. Um, but I can see, I can trace now my seasons of neglecting God's word and the fruit that that bore in my children's life. Um, and there is regret, there is shame, um, a healthy kind of shame for those times that wishing I had, um, I had dug deeper in that season. My home, my marriage, I don't know about you guys, um, but the battle is real. And my husband and my children need me to be a woman who lives with an upright heart. With six of us under one roof, you know, there's, it's just like a, a, a tinderbox ready at any moment for um, the word of God to come in and for there to be um, great growth in living harmoniously or great eruptions, right? And the Bible teaches that believers in Christ also have an enemy who can't defeat us but wants to tear us down. Anything that's good and righteous, the enemy is after um, and there's this world, I think we all can sense, you know, the needs all around us of um, narcissists and selfishness that can just swallow up a person and, um, into a depressed state of living. And um, I talk often to women who come to that place. Um, I'm thinking of a couple right now who are at that place in their marriage where it feels irreconcilable, but had they a year ago, two years ago, applied the truth of God to their marriage, to their lives, it's good advice just a little bit too late sometimes, right? 
Um, Well, opening God's word puts us in this posture for great life change. In verse 7, it says, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. So last spring, one of my teen, one of my preteens, she's fabulous, she's amazing, but she was driving me crazy. Because she was giving in to the peer pressure, giving in to wanting to live by her friend's approval, and it was reaping, wreaking havoc in our family life. Um, the disrespect, and um, we, had, we had planned to send her away to this Christian camp for one week in the summer, and I was just like, man, can this one week be six weeks? Because I think that's what we need. Uh, and I hoped the Lord would work in her heart, but I, did, I underestimated what the Lord could do through his word in, his, in her life. And I picked up a different daughter at the end of that week. She, had, she felt like the Bible studies, when they opened God's word, were speaking directly to her. She repented of, and she told me, Mom, I'm, I am sorry. I repent. I, this is how I was living. That was so wrong. I knew I was in rebellion, but I just didn't want to give up my sin. Um, and she made a personal resolution, as it says in verse 8. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. She at that camp made a personal resolution to obey God's decrees. Um, and the freedom from anxiety and what her friends think, it's, we just have the best conversations every week now about what some of these silly middle school girls are doing. Um, and she's, she's got a real, a real perspective on it that she didn't have before she committed to being a woman of the word. Praise the Lord for teaching her, his righteous decrees, they really do bring life. So we're only scratching the surface just in these few minutes that I have um, on some Psalm 119 today, but um, I highly encourage you to take time to study this amazing poem. It's really an acrostic Hebrew poem, um, a beautiful work of ancient literature where verses 1 through 8, all each verse starts with the first Hebrew letter of the alphabet, Aleph, And then we move on to verses 9 through 16, and each verse starts with the Hebrew word bet. Um, So it's very cool, and it goes on all the way through. But we're just getting through the first 16 verses today. But bet, this second section of scripture, um, also means in Hebrew, a house. And so the underlying message of this section is that um, making our lives, making our hearts a house a home for the word of God. And we use this word abode when we're talking about our home uh, or abide when we think about remaining in a place or somewhere. So abiding in God's word is remaining in his word in such a way that my heart becomes a home for his word. In verse 9 it says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I feel like a lot of the cultural advice today is, um, oh, not when you're young. Go, go have fun. That, you know, go live your life. And there's plenty of time when you're older to um, live your life according to God's word and to, uh, to focus on spiritual things. But um, I would argue that the habits we set when we're young determine the course of our life. There's no better time than to walk according to the word than when we're young. Uh, 
that's the reason my husband and I so loved working with college students when we were here, because they were making these ginormous decisions about who they were going to marry, what they were going to study, what course of life they were going to take. And getting to be a voice in that process um, was so beautiful. And wow, we as moms have this incredible opportunity to, to do that for our children while they're very young. Um, to shape for them a, supremacy, a view of the supremacy of God's word by solidifying a form and function in our home. You know, it's, that's kind of one of the benefits for me of having this little bonus baby. So there's a seven-year gap between my three girls and my baby. That was a surprise. Uh, but one of the bonuses of that has been being able to do it a little bit smarter maybe this time around, having some of that experience. And I realized by the time my girls were about two years old, they were fully convinced that they were princesses in their own kingdom and that their word is what stood. And I think I undershot them when they were little uh, how much formation was happening in those very early months. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get this right this, this next time around. So from the time Joshua was little bitty, we just roll out of bed, we get on our knees, and we just, we just talk to King Jesus about what the day holds. Um, and whereas when my girls were little, I, I would put them down for their nap, and then I'd go get my Bible and sit down and get in the Word. I'm like, mm-mm, before his nap, you know, we get around the ottoman every morning, and we read God's Word, and he, know, he goes and puts his head, you know, on the little ottoman, because that's where we pray. Um, just so desperately wanting to model that, um, that, they're, that our, our orthodoxy, what we say we believe, is actually functioning in our home. Um, well, verse uh, 10 says, I, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not just a book that we're talking about, right? You could read the book. You could keep every letter of the book and try to obey the book. Christianity is different because it's a person that wants to fellowship with us through his very words. When we abide in the word or we make our heart the home of his word, we get to know him and his spirit inside of us is strengthened. So I have to pause here because I don't want to take for granted that some of us maybe haven't clearly heard that before, that there's God who created you, wants to know you, and he has actually a purpose for your life that cannot be completed, will go uncompleted without a participation with him as his spirit guides you through his word. Wow, that's an amazing thought that by living according to his word and letting him guide me, I'm fulfilling a great purpose that God created. Um, Jesus, of course, I will never fulfill perfectly, obey his word perfectly, will I? But Jesus came. He fulfilled the word perfectly. He never rebelled against the Father or fell short in any way so that by his death, he could give me that perfect obedience of all the commands of God um, and all of my sins would be put on him. Um, how freeing. Have, have you come to this place of 
of seeing that Christ paid the price by his death for us to be free from our sins so that we can be free to live this blessed and happy life by obeying his commands. I hope so. Um, this This is a God who wants to know us, who wants to walk with you. And it's only through the Bible that we accurately come to know this salvation and who God really is. You know, I think a lot of times our culture kind of strips down God, strips down Jesus into this one-dimensional, uh, Jesus is love and he loves all people. Or some of us, I think, have um, unfortunately had people in our lives or maybe even churches that, that didn't teach the word appropriately and we're left with, a, with an idea of who God is. But where do we find who God really is? He revealed himself through his word. It's in these these books of the Bible, and he wants you to know who he is, and he wants to fellowship with you. Well, going on to verse 13, with my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one who rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your words. So a few thoughts just on maybe how, how, what does this mean? How do I abide in God's word practically? Um, I always say make participation with the divine nature the goal. So you you might have this beautiful Bible reading plan. It's four chapters long, but the baby's crying or um, it feels, it can feel hard to, where do I go? How do I read? Participate with the divine nature. Get Open the book and say, God, I want to fellowship with you. And if you make that your goal, he will meet you. He says, as you draw near to me, I am right there and ready to meet you. Um, so open the word. Participate with him. That kind of takes off this like, oh, I've got to check a box. I've got to make this happen. That can happen washing my dishes, and I've got praise music going, and it's um, scriptural music. I'm hearing the word, and I'm singing it back to God, and I'm fellowshipping with his spirit. And that's how I opened the word that day. Uh, you know, some, some ladies get hung up on, well, I have to have my quiet time with my kids, and then I've got to have my quiet time by myself. Some seasons you don't. Maybe it's not that. It's opening the word together and saying, here is a verse. Let's talk about this verse. And what do you think it means? Oh, wow, you're, that's so insightful. You know, and here's, here's what I see God saying to us and to our family through this verse. Um, So the Holy Spirit wants us to walk in step with him throughout the day. That's our aim in making the word of God abide in our hearts. Uh, Some people, you know, I'm not very auditory, so honestly, if if there's not anybody around me talking my ear off, like there often is, I just want peace and quiet. But a lot of my friends just pop in those earphones. They have the Bible on an app, and they can go for a walk, and they love to listen to God's word. That's a great way as moms that I think we can get more word in us. Um, next, I think we recognize the season that we're in. And it can be easy to compare, can it? Compare to somebody who's in a different season or has different kids with different needs or has a husband who opens the word of God with them as they're going to bed. And the point is to put off all jealousy and to put off all comparison and say, where am I right now? Am I being intentional in opening up God's word and fellowshipping with him. Um, whatever, however messy that looks, oh my goodness, as I think about all the Bible times we've had over the years, um, 
they have been messy. And children, it's, it's just never looks like that picture-perfect idea you have. Or maybe it works the one time, and then forever, forever after, you're just like, why can't it look like that again? Um, but it just doesn't. It's messy, but you're opening God's Word, and you're establishing for your children, for yourself, a form and a function. And preaching the sermon to yourself, God's Word has a priority in my life and in our family's life. Um, you know, the girls, when I just had Joshua recently, I think they were a little surprised how long my belly hung around. And they'd be like, ooh, Mom, when's that going down? <laughs> Kids are great, aren't they? Um, but I would tell them, oh, I hope not yet. I hope not yet, because this, this guy feed my baby for a whole year, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to protect my storehouse. I don't want it to go away. I think we can be unkind to ourselves as women about the season that we're in sometime and not recognize where we're at and how I love the Bible verse that says that God gently leads those who have young. He wants to come alongside right where you're at, and, um, and that might be a season of of it looking a little different, or asking a friend when you're on the phone, hey, what, what have you learned in the Word today? And having her pass on to you a, a verse or something that she's been um, walking through. Um, another thought that I had is just, um, again, thinking about those habits and the ethos of your home being preaching the sermon of the priority of God's word on itself, rolling onto our knees first thing in the morning, on, in the morning is a habit that we have um, that just preaches to ourselves and to each other his preeminence. We, I, I'm big on getting on our knees around the ottoman when we pray. Again, just preaching to ourselves he is preeminent. His word is worthy of me getting on my knees and obeying what it says. Um, music, you know, there's so many great things now, uh, great artists who just Put scripture to music for your kids. We've memorized so many verses that way. I'm not very good about sitting them down and making them memorize a verse, which I think that's beautiful, those who do, but we listen to music that helps us memorize it all the time. Um, and then the weekly habit of just going to church and putting myself in the posture of hearing God's word and fellowshipping with other believers um, preaches the sermon of his preeminence over my comfort and my plans. Um, especially when it's hard. You know, I, can, I just, I remember so many Sundays coming here to church, and I never made it in the sanctuary. There was the two, the three and four-year-old who just cried every Sunday, would not go in the, in the room, so comforting them and then going and nursing the baby. And there's those weeks where you just wonder, why am I here? Does this really matter? But looking back, it did. Every single week mattered. Um, and I see that there was... Um, the giving and the receiving of fellowship that happened in the hallways. Maybe I walked away still feeling just as tired, but over time, that continued to build me up. Um, and I, I, you know, in the position that I'm at now as a pastor's wife, it's so easy to see some of these younger gals who maybe make the nap time a priority um, and then never, never end up coming back and peter off and um, their life, it, it continues to get full. It never gets easier. So if we make the nap time the priority, we're probably going to make the baseball game the priority in a different season um, or the other things that might pull us away from abiding in church fellowship. So my next step, I encourage you to, to take these um, verses really 11 through 16 and spend some time in it uh, later today and think about how do I hide God's word in my heart? That's an aspect of abiding in God's word. 
Um, With my lips, I recount all the laws. How can I recount all the laws of God? Through song, through talking to my kids. Um, I rejoice in following your statutes. Um, I'm often convicted. Am I rejoicing with my kids, in front of my kids, in the law of the Lord and how beautiful it is? You know, I like to teach it and we talk about it. But rejoicing with them, this is amazing. God wants to talk to us. And uh, building even an excitement in our home around the word of God. I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. What does that look like for me right now in this season? How can I take a step forward in opening God's word, in thinking about something that it says, and considering how it applies to my life and my ways. I delight in your decrees. Oh, can we all say together, I will not neglect your word. Let me pray for us. Lord, I do pray that um, you would let the word of God soak into our hearts and that we would be women who resolutely say, I will not neglect your word. I want to walk according to the counsel of your word that brings joy and happiness and that shows me the way to go. Father, I pray for every mom in this room that you would strengthen us today. There are areas of perplexion that we all have with our children where we need wisdom, we need encouragement, we need strength. And you have told us that your word is the source of all those things. So meet us, God, as we open up your word. In your son's name, amen.